0: This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's not afraid to take on presidents or CEOs. But knows better than to mess with Keith Richards. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools Good to be with you, as always. Scott, it's been a really big week for the movers and shakers, so let's get right into it. Absolutely. Now, of course, we have to talk about the presidential election. We Was there an on... election this week? Apparently so. Really? Yeah, a new leader of the free world. Oh, I missed that. You might have missed that yeah, one. Yeah, probably uh, yeah, probably uh, still. So let's talk a bit about that and the folly of forecasts that's associated with it. Okay. We'll talk a bit about CEO pay as well, mm-hmm. so CBA being in the headlines there their their uh, remuneration report got knocked back what does it mean and let's buff Let's bust without a lisp. Let's bust another myth, which is that of high PE ratios, the things that you want to stay away from. We'll explain that in a little bit. But first, no one saw it coming, Scott. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. The best prognosticators in the business didn't see it coming. And even worse, I lost 200 bucks on Bedfair. Well, that that should, there's a lesson in that,
2: mate. (laughs) Really, really. There's a lesson
1: in that. And uh, so, look. At first, Trump starts off as a joke. Mm -hmm. No one takes him seriously. Uh, He gets the Republican nomination. And even then, it kind of looks like this is never going to happen, right? And then it happens. And it, it actually happened pretty decisively. It really did. And if that wasn't enough to completely, thoroughly blow your mind, what did the markets do in reaction to this? They went up. I and this is, everyone was saying, look, it's never going to happen. If it did happen, it'd be really bad for markets. We were talking about this last week, and I'd encourage listeners to go back and uh, have a bit of a listen. We're sort of talking through some of the implications. If Trump won, what does it mean? How do you go about investing it? So we're not going to- It's not going to happen, we said. Well, it's not <laughs> going to happen. You don't have to worry about it. But there's, there's another lesson in that as well. I hope our listeners took, paid uh, pay close attention. <laughs> so we're not going to- I think it still. I think it still stands up. So we're not going. We're not going to go over old ground. But what we thought we should touch on here is yes. what what we're calling perhaps the folly of forecasts here. So again, these are some really really smart um, people out out there. They're making these forecasts. They said the Brexit ain't going to happen. Guess what? It happened. Mm. Next, Trump's not going to happen. Guess what? It happened. If Trump gets in, the markets are going to plummet. Guess what? We had one of the strongest <laughs> days on record in in response to this. So. Yeah. Uh, break it down for me. All right.
2: There's a great quote I heard once, which which goes along the lines of, forecasters forecast not because they know, because they know, because they're asked. Right. And it's kind of that story of like, you know, who's going to win? Well, everyone says, I don't know. It's not really a news story, right? So someone gets up there who's paid by someone to know these things, whether they're economists or journalists or forecasters or betting agencies, whoever they are, someone says, who's going to win? You say, well, I guess so-and-so. And that gets to the point where people feel like they then should have a view and should know. Mm. And that, for some reason, that knowing would somehow make things better. Yeah. So you've already mentioned it. You know, you could you could have got on 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 Wednesday morning our time before the polls closed. You could have got six to one, five to one on Donald Trump. Yeah. And Hillary Clinton's paying a dollar sixteen. I know dollar sixteen exactly because that's exactly the price I put on. Did <laughs> Back my, to the wrong pony, oh, mate. Did my day. Talk about it. Uh, shortest price favorite of two horse race I still get done. <laughs> so look, that, you know that was that was the reality. You, you could have got five to one on Trump if you'd have been offered odds and they weren't offered mm. on a Trump victory. And combined with that, a market going up, mm. you probably would have got 40 or 50 to one. The, the chance of both those things happening mm. was so remote as to be impossible effectively, particularly again, as I said, a two-horse race, mm. except that it happened. And yeah. you kind of go, well, who knew what? Forecasters didn't know. Pundits didn't know. journalists didn't know. And frankly, like anything, those who got it right are probably nine parts lucky or one part knowledgeable. Because right. there's always someone who calls the other side of any, any race. Mm. Someone eventually wins. Mm. When the rank outsider wins the Melbourne Cup, someone's got a ticket. They say, "See, I told you I was it was going to happen." Mm. You go, "Well, were you right or were you lucky?" The key. Well, that's thing like here, the old joke, right? Uh, economists have predicted nine out of the last four recessions. <laughs> exactly, that's right. And, and finally, you get it right. Yeah. there are still people dining out, haven't bought a beer since the GFC because they, in, in theory, claimed that they, they knew the GFC was coming. Mm. So you know that that's that's probably that's, there's about four or five lessons there. Mm. When you when it comes to forecasting, the first is: Do you really know? Can you really know? And then on well, top of that is just a fancy way of predicting the future, right? Well, who's
0: f- fancy, saying? Fancy in a way. way of guessing, really. Let's yeah, be honest. That's, yeah. the,
2: that's the challenge. So, do you really know? And mm-hmm. secondly, does it really matter? And I think for us, that's far, far more useful, far more important
1: than anything else. Well, well, riddle me this. So uh-huh. we, we 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 talk a bit about the folly of forecasts. We can yes. quote all kinds of figures. Smart people getting it wrong all the time. You know, it's a probabilistic game. It's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But here's here's the here's the interesting thing. Anytime you make an investment, I don't care if it's in a bond or a speculative gold miner or one of the big four banks, you are explicitly making a forecast. You are saying, whether you know it or not, I'm buying this because I think it's going to be worth more in the future. Now, we're, we're investors. Uh, we we spruok the benefits of, of investing. Now, you've just sort of said to me there's a whole bunch of folly in forecasting, and yet every time you buy or invest in a company... You're making a forecast. I'm pretty so, sure. you, just, you just put those words in my mouth. Think, I think, Squ- I, you said
2: folly of forecast. I don't think I said the folly of forecasting. You did.
1: <laughs> well, there is a there is a folly to it. So <laughs> I, just, I want you to square that circle for me.
2: Yeah, sure. Look, here's here's the thing. Uh, the first is, as I said, what do you actually know, and doesn't matter. Mm. And then, how specific are you trying to be? Now, I read on Twitter only yesterday, the day before. There's a difference between expectations and predictions. Yeah. An expectation is there'll probably be a recession at some point in the next decade. Yep. A forecast is there will be a recession in the second quarter of next year. And that is the key difference Mm. here, is getting the rough directional trends right in life Mm. is really, really useful. You want to be roughly right as opposed to specifically wrong. You got it. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, and frankly, we still don't know what a Trump presidency brings. What it probably Mm. almost certainly doesn't bring is calamity for the listed companies on the ASX. Mm. So will BHP make less money over the next 10 years because Donald Trump wins the election? Probably not. Will Woolworths sell less groceries, less baked beans than they would have otherwise? Almost certainly not. Mm. And so, when the market falls three percent on the fears of a Trump presidency, mm. and Woolie's shares fall two and a half percent, you got to say, "Well, who the hell thinks Woolie's worth two and a half percent less mm. just because some other bloke got got the got the Oval Office rather than another lady we thought might get it?" That that's yeah. that is pure and simple stupidity. Yeah. Now, extrapolating that forward when we invest of course you know to your point you're buying shares in woolies mm. you're making a you are making a bet it's it's a it's a fancy bet mm. that woolies will earn more money and the shares will be worth a lot more money in 5 or 10 years time mm. you absolutely are mm. the difference is we have reasons to believe those things will be the case and we're not betting exactly that woolworths shares will be worth $31.25 yeah. on the 20th of December 2022 yeah we're saying we think woolworths will be materially better off materially more profitable in Five, seven, ten years time that it is today, yeah. and we think if history repeats, that will mean a much better share price, probably higher dividends, and a, and a better
1: return. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for a broad, you know, expectation yeah. rather than a specific prediction. Yeah, it's the difference between speculation and investing. And it was really interesting to see uh, our time on Wednesday. The results started trickling through, and the markets did. Our market, we were on the market, the first markets that was open when this is all happening. Yep. It was down at that point in time. But the gold miners were going through the roof. Everyone was not piling into gold, but piling into companies that mine gold or are hoping to mine gold at some point in the future. And so people are doing that explicitly on the speculation that everyone else would be doing. And a greater greater fool theory, if you will, because this is where all the money is going to flow. As it turned out, it was a shocking investment. Now the bloke who bought I don't know CSL or Cochlear or one of these very large, well-established, highly cash-generative businesses with long, bright futures and huge competitive advan- advantages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, I'm, I'm sure they didn't welcome a bit of a fall that day. But does it really matter to their long-term investment returns? Yeah, exactly. And, and again, the, the gold thing was great. We saw plenty of people saying, "Here's the trade you should make. Yes, yeah, you know, buy, buy gold to hedge against
2: the Donald Trump presidency." Well, guess what happened? Idiots. You got the presidency and you lost your money. Yeah. Yep. Let's move yep. on.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Let's talk about something um, pretty contentious. <laughs> Speaking of gold. Speaking of gold. So it's always in the news fairly regularly. And this is the idea of executive remuneration, executive pay. Yep. and. You know, it is, you know, compared to what your average worker is on, these guys, and I say guys because generally it is, unfortunately, there's, there's, not, there's not many uh, women in the, in the top job. And these guys are on some some pretty eye watering pay packets. Now, CBA is the one who's getting all the attention at the moment. Ian Narev, the I, CEO. The CEO, Ian Narev. They, they actually had shareholders vote their pay packet down. Now, normally it only, well, it takes 25% a, a vote against that to happen. It turns out 51% of shareholders said, no, we are not happy with you getting that. Now, this this guy's on around about $12 million a year. Let me just repeat that. $12 <laughs> million dollars a year. That'd keep me in bed. Should have done that in a Dr. Evil accent. <laughs> and and uh, people said, enough. And it creates outrage, you know, especially when it's from a company that's not, well, it's a little bit on the nose as all the banks are at the moment for umpteen different reasons. Yep. What we wanted to do, I guess, here today is just a break that down and go a little bit below the surface mm-hmm. here. And 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 try and tease this apart a bit. So, so I'm going to start with with this question for you, Scott. Is Ian Narev paid too much? Good question. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, I on, it's I a have, tough one. Isn't I it? don't
2: have a I don't have a strong view on
1: that. Well, let, it,
2: look, twelve million dollars is an absolute excuse the French shitload of money. <laughs> it it is a bucket full almost as much yeah, as money. Almost as much as your income. Well, you're you're worth it, Ian Narev, maybe not. <laughs> Absolutely. It, I, I, you know, I, no one needs twelve million dollars to do their job. Let's be very very mm-hmm. clear about that. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that, Except by the me. way, flip side of that by the way is there is a market for CEOs. And if he doesn't work at the CBA for twelve million dollars, he's gonna work somewhere else for twelve million dollars. And so there is a reality when it comes to company leadership that you have to pay what the market
1: will bear if you want to get the top talent. Well, that's right. I mean, CBA could approach me and say, Andrew, we'll give you five hundred thousand dollars. I will, jump for joy at that. <laughs> but shareholders would probably go, hang on, we've just saved a whole bunch of money in terms of our, what we're what we're paying the staff Your here. Phone's
2: not ringing, you, dude. They're not. Quite
1: they're not going to do it. And and frankly, you know, I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't even back myself to run a big bank. Right, right. So what the hell do I know? So you get what you pay for, right? Four million dollars is a lot of money.
2: If, frankly, CEOs are paid too much as a group. Totally. Absolutely. That that, totally. that to me is very very clear. Yeah, they could do it for a million, two million dollars. They would do as good, equally as good a job. Sure, the banks would get paid a lot less money. You'd be less, much less obscene. There is, there is an obscenity about getting twelve million bucks, of course, a year's worth of work. Yeah, but the reality is, if you want to, the, the, that is the market. There is a market for a very few CEOs, qualified, experienced, capable, prepared, whatever, to run a big bank. Mm. If that's what it pays to, if that's what it costs to get them, that's what they're going to have to pay. So, yeah. you know, is is Narev paid too much? Yes. But is he paid as much as he needs to be paid by the bank to keep him in the job?
1: Yes, that, that's also true. For me, it's it's um that's that's very true, but it's also a question of it depends on what they're doing. So what really rubs me the wrong way is the guy who gets the $12 million paycheck, but then runs the company into the ground and you know, and then gets a golden parachute when he gets booted out the other end. I think that's what people find particularly offensive. Let me, let me take the other side it, of that anyway,
2: Andrew, because I'm going to take the other side of that specifically because more often than not, it's not the guy or girl in the chair who's responsible for the good or bad performance of the bank. If I took over at CBA today, I could run it for three years and almost certainly leave with 30 odd million bucks in my back pocket. And whatever disasters I'd fomented over that period of time probably aren't going to bear fruit for another four or five years. There is such a long t- long runway of success. There's like governments, right? Mm. When 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 a new government takes over, the, the economic results for the next two years are bugger all to do with what they've actually done. Mm. It's the momentum in the economy. It's businesses that have already been built, people who've already been employed, people are already spending their money. That's that that momentum that is created in an economy doesn't turn on a dime just because a new guy or girl is put in the top job, whether that's a government, whether that's a company. So frankly. You know, what Indorev does today or yesterday is far more relevant in five years' time than it is today.
1: Yeah, I get I get that. I do. But I guess my, my point is, is that if, if I've invested in a business and there is an absolute, you know, a genius at the helm, making really sensible investment decisions, driving shareholder wealth, my my shares are up 80, 90%, you know, I, I'm actually thinking... Fantastic! You deserve you deserve a bit of a, a, a bonus. You've done a wonderful job. You've made us all far wealthier as shareholders. So for me, I, you know, I, I take your point. There is a lag there, but at some point, you know, it's it's that it's having pay linked to performance, which I'm much more comfortable with.
2: Uh, yeah, I I agree, but I'll still I'll still take the other side of that a little bit. I think it's the you 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 should be paying for the behaviours and the efforts and the what's being done by the person. Mm. So take share prices, right? If the share price of, you know, um, Page's Gold Explorers doubles tomorrow, it's Which not because it the CEO's done twice as good a job today. No, well, it's that's because silly. It's because the market yeah. wants to pay more for totally. the shares. Yep. So if, if if CBA shares double over the next 12 months, mm. it's going to be buggered with about what Andy Rev did in the last 364 days, yeah. and far more to do with the opportunity, the view of the market as to how they see the bank. Well, Equally, if he's doing a great job, if he's working bloody hard all, all, all day, everybody's making good decisions, doing good things, and the share price happens to be down 25%, that's also not his fault. He can't control today's share price. He can't control the share price in a year. Mm. And so where the share price starts and goes
1: to is not under the control yeah, of you I, I or, or anybody else. I agree with that. For me, though, it's, it's about aligning incentives. So you know, what do they have control over? So you see, you see, and this is really yes. what, what rubs shareholders the wrong way with CBA. Yep. You know, it, it, It's these incentives. So, you know... It, it, if you want to, if you want to give someone a bonus because they've managed to grow per share earnings, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they've, they've done something, and that's actually, perhaps that's escrowed for a period of years to account for that, um, that lag effect. Yep. Um, th- then it's, it's done in a way or it's just like my, I, you know, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's a business partner talks about it all the time, the power of incentives, right? Yep. You want to make sure that these guys, if you, if you give them bonuses based on, on increasing earnings per share, they'll work as hard as they can to achieve that because it's in their self-interest to do it. If you give someone a bonus based on what the share price does, well, they can just jawbone the hell out of that company, not really do it, if anything of any substance and still get a pay, uh, you know, a big bonus at the end of the day. So yep. for me, it's quantum is, is, is of pay is a consideration, absolutely, but it's more about how it's aligned with with what's in my interest as a shareholder.
2: Yeah, look, I, I agree. I, th- I think we're, we're pretty much on the same page with a, with a slight a slight difference there. I just, I think, the other thing about the, the CEO pay for what it's worth is there's two groups arguing about exactly the opposite things and complaining about the pay. Yeah. One group was saying, there's too much focus on the soft things, people and culture. We want focus on the hard numbers, the real numbers, the earnings per share, to your point. Yep. We that, That's what we want to focus on. The other group who are planning are saying, there's too many bank scandals, too many people are being ripped off. We should, we should be, you know, you shouldn't be getting paid to rip off people because they're making too much money. So, well, hang on. One group's saying you're not focusing enough on the money. The other one's saying you're focusing too much on the money. And you've got mm. these two groups that are really taking very disparate views to CEO pay. Mm. Um, and frankly, not they can't both be right. They've, they literally cannot both be right. Mm. And yet, both groups saying vote against the pay for that reason. I just think, you know, there, there's a lot of, and frankly, the Australian Shareholders Association does some wonderful things. In this case, they tend to rail against CO pay just because it's a large number. Mm. And yeah, they get some clicks, that gets some headlines, that gets some people riled up because people in the get street are saying $12 million, yep. that's ridiculous. How could he possibly be worth that? I get that feeling. I just think you've got to look at it and say, what do you want to do? And to your point about incentives, if you want a better bank, if you want a better brand, if you want happy customers, returning customers, if you want to keep those customers, mm. then this 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 year's earnings per share is really important. Yeah. But far, far more important if you're a long-term shell. If I'm going to own CBA shares in 10 years' time, mm. I want them building the best possible bank. Back to Warren Buffett. He says, you know, to his managers after the after the 9-11 attacks, what should you do? Go and build the moat. Go and build a better business. Focus on the customer. Keep costs down. Mm. Make your business more relevant. Bring more people in the front door. Mm. They're the things you want to be focused on. That's what builds long-term value. Mm. So I'd far more pay for the things that generate better long-term custom. Then about today's earnings per share.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that's where we'll end it, right? So when, when you're looking when you're looking at, it, at a business, um, yes, I guess have a look at the quantum of pay, but look at how these guys are incentivized and make totally. sure that's aligned with your interest.
0: Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: So we like to bust myths um, here at the uh, Motley Fool Triple M podcast. you indeed. And one that we really wanted to touch on today was this notion that 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 high PE stocks are always bad. Now, high PE see, stock. Let's just break this down a Good bit. Idea. Now, there's this thing called the price to earnings ratio. It's often oh. abbreviated. <laughs> Bear sorry, with me. Sorry, okay. It's often abbreviated to the PE ratio. Stick with us, it's, so it's one, one of quick. the oldest and 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 most widely used valuation measures. And it's exactly as it's described. You take the share price. And you divide that by the per share earnings. So it tells you what multiple of earnings the company is worth. So, for example, if a company is earning $1 per share and it's trading at $10 on the ASX, PE is 10. Right. So $10 is the share price. dollar yep. is the earnings. 10 divided by
2: 1 is 10. Right. If it was a $20 share with $4 earnings, 20 yep. divided by 4 would be 5.
1: Yeah. So the then- even though $20 is more than 10 the $20 share price is "Quote unquote" cheaper because it's cheaper relative to its earnings. And we say cheaper. The lower, generally speaking, the lower the PE, the better, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So if I if we've got two identical businesses, yep. yours is on a PE of ten. Yes. Mine is on a PE of two. Mine is much much better value. You're paying far less for the same value of earnings. Right. And very quickly, just to just to get that a little bit more detail. If you're thinking about buying
2: a business, if you're going to buy the local news agent. Yep. And that news agents earning a thousand dollars a year. Yep you've got to decide how much you want to pay for that news agency. and that's where At, at a dollar you're is. getting a bargain, at a million dollars you're getting ripped off. Right, so if right. you're if you're going to buy a, a, a news agent making a thousand dollars a year, you'll probably want to pay four or five or six thousand dollars. That'd be a P of four, five or six. So you're okay. paying a multiple of its earnings. That's how you're prepared to put on the table now mm. to get those future earnings, the future stream of cash that business is paying, and it's a way to value those future earnings from that
1: business. And it's a really, really handy thing. And it's one it before we get to. I mean, it's one that comes up a, a lot in my time. People will say something like, oh, "I really like uh, 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 CSL, but it's a hundred dollars a share. That's crazy. I can buy this other share and it's ten cents a share. It's cheaper." Mm-hmm. And it's a nonsense because mm-hmm. you need to you need to benchmark it. You need to standardize. It could well be that the hundred dollar share is far cheaper than the ten cent share because it it depends on its earnings. So that's you're the,
2: getting more earnings. For the hundred dollars you're paying versus the ten cents a share you're buying. Yeah,
1: I mean, it just depends on how many slices of pizza you want. If I if I take a pizza and I cut it in half, or if I cut it into hundred pieces, the size of the pizza is still the same, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to forget about the absolute value of the share price and consider it more in light of what that is on a uh, what's that what that is representing of the underlying business. So when you say the pizza, a dollar or a slice, the answer the question I should be asking is but how big is the slice? How big is the slice? Absolutely. Okay. So it is it, infinitely sensible for people to say, I want to pay as low a P.E. as possible. Company A is trading at a P.E. of 20. Company B is trading at a P.E. of 10. Company B is better value. Right. Because if I've got $1,000 a year news newsagent that I'm
2: buying, if I'm buying it for 10 grand, mm-hmm. that's better than buying it for 20 grand, right? I right. always want to pay less for it. And so if I'm using the P.E. to determine that, the less I pay, the cheaper I'm getting that business for relative to what it's earning. Yep. Except it's wrong. How so? Well, it... What, what, do, you for, want, do you want me to pay... If that's, I've got a bridge on it. I want to sell you a news agency, Andrew. I'm going to walk down out of the Triple M studio downstairs and across the, the street and I'm going to sell you that news agency for $4 million a year.
1: Because um, you, you, you don't mind paying a high well, so, so, four $4 bucks, deal. Well, I would say it depends. And I would say it depends on what's happening with that. So here's, here's the other, this is the problem with a lot of these financial metrics is they look at, you know, uh, at a, just two specific variables here, and obviously a company is is, is a very big, broad, multifaceted entity, and you know it, it's more than just multifaceted entity Do you like go that. First. Multi word of the day. So 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 <laughs> that's, for, that's for me, three words, three I would words. actually happily pay that four million. <laughs> okay. Hyphens in there. I would I would I would happily pay that four million dollars for the news agency if it was growing its earnings by a thousand percent a year. So for example, if, if if they were just growing like the club, th- these guys were doing what Starbucks did to coffee shops, you know, just they're opening up a thousand new ones. Uh, really bad American coffee. Really? Well, wow, hey mate, they're making a fortune, <laughs> right? So forget the coffee, <laughs> think about the dollars. But this, right. but this is my point. So I think where people get in trouble is they say, well, this PE is lower, therefore it's better. Yep. It could be that the company with the lower PE might not be around next year. It yep. might be that its earnings are getting smaller, its profit is just dropping and dropping and dropping. That's really, really annoying, Andrew. I just want a single,
2: simple metric I can just look at and say, I can buy every company with a PE of 10 and I'll make a fortune. Mate, if it was that
1: simple, you and I would be out of a job. Uh, and it's just, it's just not that easy. But isn't right? that
2: what the brokers tell me when I ring them?
1: Well, your brokers like to sell certainty and and uh, oh, <laughs> you know, okay. it's all easy. So um, it's complex. Well, it, It's complex. Right. I mean, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but the, but the reality is it is. So what you need to do is when you're looking at a company, Absolutely check out the price-earnings mm-hmm. ratio. But what you really need to do is consider that in the context of how those earnings are performing and what they're likely to do in the future. Are there going to be more profits next year than this year? And how fast are they growing? That's it. I've Look, mate, I'll absolutely admit it to you here and now and to our audience. I've got companies oh, in my no. portfolio oh, <laughs> that are on an infinite PE. And if it, that must There's be... no earnings oh. there. It's just a price divided by zero. And you no, know, it's never zero. It's negative, I think. It's, it's negative. Some of these companies you're are losing You're buying companies money. that are making a loss. Uh, today, they're losing Tell me more well my 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 thesis yes. is that lo- lo- loosely determined loosely describes the thesis is that these guys Your will be earning a lot more in the future amazon right. is the classic example of this right i mean and these guys just losing money after money and then but they, they they're, they're retaining their cash or they they're spending more than what they're earning because they're investing in new areas, new new business lines that are going to get wonderful returns on investment and make this thing a hell of a lot more worthwhile. Mm. So I guess what we're really saying here is the PE is a very valuable thing to look at. It's a really nice rule of thumb. Lower is better, but consider it in the context of growth. Yeah. The best thing to do is I, I try and look out four or five years and I try and say, okay, where is
2: this business going at that point in time? The faster the growth, the higher you, the price you should pay. To your point about this news agency, I'm going to labor the metaphor a little bit further. If it's a thousand bucks this year, but $2,000 a year next year, yeah. if, if that's double PE e halves, right? Right, exactly. So if you pay 10 grand for the $1,000 news agency, you getting a PE of 10, but next year that $10,000 is buying you $2,000 worth of earnings. So you've actually paid up a little bit today yeah. to get a lot more down the track. Yeah. On the flip side of it halves, your cheap PE, in air quotes, just air quotes for those who are watching this, the PE of 10 looks okay, Profits halved to PE of twenty. All of a sudden, that's a really, really.
1: Mate, I've made that mistake before. I've bought something PE was eight. Thought, how cheap is that? You know what? Next year, the earnings halved, and all of a sudden, that (laughs) PE was sixteen, it wasn't wasn't so cheap anymore.
2: And we should say, by the way, on average, it is absolutely true that lower PE stocks beat higher PE stocks on average over time. That's true. So you're always going to do better on average, but you've got to buy the whole market to get this average if you buy low PE stocks. So. You're absolutely taking more risk buying a high PE stock. But to your point, Andrew, about the CSLs you've mentioned, Amazon you've mentioned, Starbucks you've mentioned, those three are all super high PE stocks and have been for a very long time. Mm. And they keep doing incredibly well because the market is right that their profits are growing. They're becoming more relevant to more people over more time. And that is the secret sauce to investing. So it's not easy. But if you can find a business that's becoming more and more relevant over time, serving more customers, making more money, and has that room to grow, that's a nice combination, and those
1: are the sort of businesses you should pay up for. Well said, mate. We'll leave it there. Um, look, before you go, don't forget to subscribe to Triple M's Motley Fool Money through iTunes or the uh, favorite Android podcast app. Uh, and, of course, you can go to triplem.com.au forward slash podcasts. We'd really appreciate it as well if you could give us a five-star rating. And, uh, Scott, as always, thanks to you. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to our listeners. Until next time, full on.
0: full on.